Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles away. Doctors, before starting their practice, take an oath to apply all measures in order to benefit and help the sick, to prevent disease and do no harm. On January 14, 1946, a man was born who would, by all accounts, break his oath as a doctor and cause harm and death on an estimated 250 patients. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Harold Shipman, born January 14, 1946, in Nottingham, England, had a pretty normal childhood. His working-class parents were devout Methodists who raised their son to be an accomplished student and a rugby player. Then, everything changed. When he was 17 years old, Harold's mother, whom he was extremely close to, died of lung cancer. He spent a lot of time by her bedside, where he witnessed her pain ease with the administration of morphine. 
something that would, in time, would prove to become his deadly modus operandi. Harold went on to marry a woman named Primrose Oxby in 1966 and have four children together. Harold began studying medicine at Leeds School of Medicine, graduating in 1970 and going on to work as a GP in West Yorkshire in 1974. His career had just begun when he was caught forging prescriptions for his own personal use. But instead of losing his license or being forced to stop practicing medicine, they simply fined him 600 pounds and sent him to rehab, after which he just moved to a new location and became a GP once more. He worked as a GP in Hyde through the 80s and, in 1993, started his own surgical practice. It wasn't long before he became a respected member of the community and the doctor that everyone went to. Then, in March of 1998, Linda Reynolds of Donnybrook Surgery was contacted by a woman named Deborah Massey with some interesting news. According to Deborah, whose family owned Frank Massey and Son's funeral home, there was a particularly high number of deaths coming from the office of Dr. Harold Shipman. John Pollard, coroner of the South Manchester District, worried about the large number of cremation forms for elderly women that he needed to countersign. Before anyone could really look into the claims, a woman named Angela Woodruff came to the police with some concerns about her mother's will. According to Angela, her mother, Kathleen Grundy, had died of, according to her death certificate, old age, and had changed her will to exclude her daughter and grandchildren. Instead, £386,000 would be given to her doctor, the last man to see her alive, Harold Shipman. Not only did she have doubts about its authenticity, but so did the family solicitor. Kathleen Grundy's body was exhumed, and to everyone's shock, old age wasn't what claimed her life. It was instead heroin overdose. Now, at this point in time, diamorphine was used for pain control in terminal cancer patients. But, according to Dr. Shipman, who is now being questioned about the mysterious death, the elderly woman was an addict. He told police that they could look at his computerized notes about her addiction. However, they were written after her death. Harold Shipman was arrested on September 7, 1998. After his arrest, police began digging into other deaths happening in Shipman's office, and a pattern soon emerged. They noticed a patient of Shipman's would be administered lethal doses of diamorphine, after which he would sign their death certificates, stating that their death was of natural causes, before falsifying medical records. At the time of his arrest, they had 15 confirmed cases. His trial began on October 5, 1999, where he was charged with the murders of Marie West, Irene Turner, Lizzie Adams, Jean Lilly, Ivy Lomas, Mariel Grisham, Marie Quinn, Kathleen Wagstaff, Bianca Pomfrey, Nora Nuttall, Pamela Hillier, Maureen Ward, Winifred Mellor, Joan Malia, and Kathleen Grundy. All died between 1995 and 1998. On January 31st, 2000, after six days of deliberation, the jury found Dr. Harold Shipman guilty of 15 counts of murder. He was sentenced to life imprisonment to be served concurrently with the four-year sentence he received for forging Kathleen Grundy's will. Ten days later, the General Medical Council 
formally struck Dr. Shipman from its records. He maintained his innocence and his wife was steadfast that her husband was the victim of an unjust judicial system. He was the only doctor in the history of British medicine to be found guilty of murdering his patients. And on January 13th, 2004, the evening before his 58th birthday, Harold Shipman was found hanging in his cell. Many believe his motive for suicide was to assure his wife's financial security after being stripped of his pension. There was also evidence that she had begun to suspect his guilt. But this isn't where his story ends, because if it was, he wouldn't be considered the most prolific serial killer in all of history. In January of 2001, a West Yorkshire detective named Chris Gregg led an investigation into the other deaths in Shipman's office. The Shipman inquiry officially began in July of 2002 and concluded that he had killed at least 215 of his patients between 1975 and 1999. But in total, 459 patients died while under his care. He was often the only doctor to certify their deaths, so it's impossible to truly know what his official victim count is. The case of Harold Shipman led to changes in the standard medical procedure in Britain. It even changed how doctors dispense pain medication, fearful it would be seen as overprescribing. But perhaps the biggest change was the movement from single doctor practices to multi-doctor ones in an effort to safeguard and monitor doctors' decisions. Bottom line, medical practices were forever changed due to the actions of one man who took the lives of so many. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on January 15th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.